The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Episode of Out of the Shadows. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined by James. Jim? James. Which one do you prefer? I go by Jim. Jim. Jim Clark. Jim. Hey, everybody. Clark. Uh, we're back. This is the second episode of Out of the Shadows. If you missed the first episode, this is a horror movie, not really a review, just more like a horror movie talk podcast. Uh, I mean, I, we do kind of rate the film at the end, but overall, we just really discuss the film. Um, I think I said it in the last episode. It's kind of like when you go to the movie theaters, you get done watching a movie, you and your friends are leaving the theaters, and the first thing you do when you step onto that parking lot asphalt is look at your friend and say, what'd you think? And then you guys just start talking about the movie. So that's what we're going to do. It's nothing like Silence Your Phones. We don't break it up into segments and, and rate and discuss each segment of the film. Uh, so... Here we go. Right now, we are focusing on 80s horror, uh, specifically 80s horror that are documented on the documentary <laughs> In Search of Darkness. Uh, it's a four and a half hour documentary. You can find it on Shudder. Um, it's just kind of a celebration of 80s horror. The gold, For me, I consider it the golden age of horror. Uh, and I think it's on uh, Prime as well. Is it on Prime? Sweet. I think so. Yeah. I love it, dude. I loved it so much that I sat down and wrote the list of all the different movies they covered in that documentary and thought to myself, if I haven't seen these, I'm going to see them. I want to see everything that's on this list. And uh, so you and I talked about it and we know we both like horror. And I said, why don't we do a podcast about 80s horror and and maybe just horror in general, but we'll start with this. We'll, we'll follow this documentary and just kind of follow all the movies that were on there. Uh, the first one we started with was The Fog. That was the last episode. This time... We are checking out The Changeling. Within this old house live two residents. One of them is John Russell, composer, professor. The other has been dead for over 70 years. Claire, I'd like to talk to you about the house. How did you die? Whatever it is, it's trying desperately to communicate. What is it in that house, Claire? What is it doing? Why is it trying to reach me? It's a hand. something of the senators he wants it back John 
Many films will frighten you. But only a few can really terrify you. The Changeling. An experience beyond total fear. Um, I'm going to open it real quick with the kind of like the way I do with the other ones. It's a lot easier to read it off of Wikipedia. So the changeling is a 1980 Canadian supernatural psychological horror film directed by Peter Medak, Medak and starring George C. Scott, Trish Van Devere and Melvin Douglas. Its plot follows an esteemed New York city composer who relocates to Seattle where he moves into a mansion. He becomes to, uh, he comes to believe is haunted. The screenplay is based upon events that writer Russell, uh, Russell Hunter claimed he experienced while he was living in the Henry Treat Rogers Mansion in the Cheeseman Park neighborhood of Denver, Colorado. So, God dang, it's a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> Better you than me. <laughs> so, yeah, so 1980, uh, you know, psychological, supernatural horror film. So we yeah. step out of the theater, dude. I'm looking at you. and I'm going to say immediately, what would you think? What did I think? Did you like it, or or you've never seen this, it. right? You've never seen I've it before. Ne- no, no, I I've I've never seen this, and like I said last time, I got a little confused um, <laughs> just because of the titles. I thought it was a uh, Angelina I Jolie film. The Angelina Jolie movie was uh, a remake of this, but uh, gotcha. But no, I've never seen this. Um, I saw it in October. Just that's the first time I saw it was October because I I put it on for uh, Halloween. You know, the Halloween month. So one of the horror movies oh, okay. I watched was this. Um, so yeah, it's going to be, I, I, like I said, I'm going to be very interested to see what you thought, because when I first saw it, I had to sit on it for a little bit and then I came back to it and I've actually seen it a few more times since. So, so what did you think, dude? Um, overall I enjoyed it, but there was things that I liked and then there was things that I just didn't like. Yeah. I thought they could have made some different choices on and I don't know. I don't know. Overall, I enjoyed it though. The, uh, the story was good. It was, uh, a classic haunted house story. Um, yeah. But like I said, more overall, it was, it was enjoyable. It was a good one. So, yeah. Um, I actually, I do like it. I like it a lot. I think it's got, it's got a lot going for it. I'm going to be interested. I'm really interested to see what you were thinking in terms of what you think should be different. Um, uh, because I wasn't looking at, I guess I wasn't watching it even this time around when I watched it. Um, for this episode, I wasn't really kind of picking it apart in terms of like, oh, that would never happen. I mean, because it is what it is. It's a ghost story, right? Um, yeah. And it does. It has such a classic feel to the ghost story. You know what I loved about it was the the it's that you could tell it's a film of its time, even the production yeah. of it, right? Like after that, an opening sequence, which is like you're like, holy crap! It's a very kind of horrific, like visceral scene, right? Oh yeah. Um, and then it does this thing where, like, the 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 uh, the shot, the frame freezes, and then it pops up with the title, right? And like, mm-hmm. and that's just so old school. It's such an old school way to kind of bring the title up on the screen with the frozen kind of frame behind it. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 dude. That opening scene, dude. I was watching that. I, I watched it through twice. Yeah. And the first run through, I'm watching it, and when. When the wife and the daughter got hit by the car, I was like, holy <laughs> shit, that was brutal, dude. Yeah, right? Yeah, that was bad. You but, know what? Uh, I was but, just saying, I was literally just saying that I can't think of a, a scene where you're like, hey, come on. I do have one, only because I don't remember this, but I, I just can't remember that 
there used to be pay phones out in the middle of nowhere, just kind of just standing there. But maybe there were. I don't know. See, but I, when I saw I it there, the I was like, thing. why is that just kind of sitting there? How convenient. Yeah. Yeah. And it was weird because you're thinking, okay, 1980, okay, a phone booth on the side of a mountain? Yeah. Hell? I mean, maybe they did. I don't know. But I don't I remember don't seeing solitary phone booths on the side of a mountain. Um, yeah, but no, you know, that old. it worked for the scene, right? It worked for getting yeah. him into a kind of a, a space where he sees this happen and has zero control over calling out to them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, it, the first time I saw it, I saw his wife and I was like, he looks way too old to have a wife. That <laughs> well, we find out he's a composer, man. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. he's, he's, he's a star. He's kind of like a well-known composer because later on he ends up going to moving to Seattle and getting kind of like a fellowship working at the, one of the universities or something as a music yeah. teacher. Um, and, and I think that was more, I think that was more because he was just having a hard time getting over. Cause it only been four months when he moved out there since the accident. I think he was just having a hard time and they kind of, his friends were like, okay, come on out to Seattle. Yeah. We'll give you a position at the, at the school. Help but when they were like, it, but know? they literally say how people are going to be thrilled because of who he is. Oh that's, yeah. That's because he's, he's a well-known composer. Um, mm-hmm. But dude, when you just said that about it's, it was only four months. How, this movie has so much, like if you really pay attention, he really, uh, George C. Scott really does a good job of just kind of showing that absolute, like crushing pain, like the, just the, you know what I'm saying? Just the sorrow he's going through that one scene where like something was happening. Then all of a sudden it just cuts to him laying in the bed, just like literally crying his eyes out right before you hear the banging for the first time. He's laying yeah. in the bed, crying and crying. It's like gut wrenching crying. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden bang, bang. And he's like, <gasps> and and the one thing I noticed was like, it's it literally scared him out of the grief. He had zero grief anymore. All of a sudden he was just like, the hell is that you know what i mean yeah. it just it just kind of took over and and gave him something to focus on instead of the grief yeah yeah i uh i agree with that at points but then there were some other points where i thought uh, uh his reactions probably at least to me and again i'm in, i'm interpreting it if i was in this situation my my reactions would have been a little bit different like when he went up into the room and saw the uh the body in the tub and he just kind of started backing up and i don't know man i would have i would have had a very different reaction Wait, why, how would you react to that i would have been out of there i would have been <laughs> hell no dude hell no and then the minute and then the minute I come out and I look up the stairs and the wheelchair is sitting there at the yeah. top of the stairs. No, man, this guy hung around in this house because he was intrigued. In I don't think he, he's not I, to me. I took it as he wasn't the kind of person who was who was afraid of these things, especially because it wasn't okay. anything that was like attacking him or, you know, True. he just seemed like maybe he was this kind of person of like something's going on here. And now we realize it's, it's more than we can understand. Like, cause if you re- if you remember the scene when they were doing the, the seance with the medium, um, yeah. there's so many times where they really focus on his facial features and what he's doing. And a lot of times it looks incredulous. Like he's, he's like, come on, are these guys messing with me? You know what I mean? Like yeah. he looks like he's annoyed, but then it all plays out when he hears the, the recording back and hears the answers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, dude. I just feel like he was one of these guys that when he started seeing that legit something's happening, it wasn't a scary thing to him. Gotcha. You know? Okay. At least that's how that. I took it. Um, 
but yeah, dude, it's uh, it, I I think it's actually a it, it's again you could tell it's a film of its time because the producer the the director chose to do a lot of things that you see kind of as a hallmark of horror films of those times. These kind of mm-hmm. um, these these horror films that are are on a different level. Like this wasn't a slasher film or anything like that, right? Nope. This was about. Um, this was about grief. Like that's a big piece of this is the grief, right? And then that the kind of the, the horrors of what happened to this child, uh, and and then obviously the haunting pieces are scary. Um, and it's funny because uh, in those times, you're sh- I'm sure those were really scary scenes. But you know, um, the fact that he didn't react in in a, a completely terrified manner seems to almost not have any effect on how scary it was because it still had a lot of creep to this film. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and psychologically, I wonder if maybe, maybe that does something for the audience too, because you're, you're, you're seeing this person react and get scared to something. You're going to react and get scared too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially because you think that person has a better understanding and idea of what's going on. So you think it's the, uh, how do I want to put it? It's the, um, it's, the protected self complex is what I'll call it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hanging out with my dad. Wherever we are, I feel safe because my dad's there. Yeah. And he's always been in charge. If I'm someplace else and there's somebody I know and I respect and I'm close to, you know, they're, they got me. Yeah. If I'm out with, uh, say, a girlfriend or something, I'm the one in charge. So it kind of <laughs> puts you in a different shoes. You're that, you're that. That second viewer watching in, and if he's not reacting like that, it's 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 weird. I wish I would have seen this movie in 1980 in the theater when it was brand new to see what to it felt see, like. Yeah, because I feel like there would be this weird—I don't know if you want to call it a juxtaposition—but between how I'm supposed to be feeling. Yeah. During seeing this scary thing, but that that person's not having the same reaction. So maybe I shouldn't be having the same reaction. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's definitely, you know, the time is also speaks to how impactful the the, the horror is in this kind of film, because in 1980, they hadn't had Freddy Krueger yet. You know, they had Texas Chain, so they had had some of these things. But think about the history of horror we have now that informs how we feel about what we think is scary. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Um, but again, to, to one of the things I noticed again, I was saying this before, before I kind of went off on a side tangent was it's definitely a product of its time and in, in the way it looks uh, or the mm-hmm. way there's a, or, or the certain pacing, right? There are a lot of very long shots in this film, very kind of slowed down long shots. That opening sequence when he's, walking through the, the city streets. Like we literally watch him walk almost two full city blocks in one scene while the credits are going up. And I get it. It's credit scenes, but like it, it, the rest of this film had a lot of these kind of really held shots, these long shots, these kind of drawn out things that are supposed to, I don't know if it's for me, it was effective in that it makes you feel more uncomfortable. Like what's going to, like what's going to happen, what's coming. See, and it's interesting, and I'm glad you brought this up because I had this written down to talk about too. And I love, and especially in like these older horror movies, those long drawn out shots because it helps to suck you in better. And I think especially, so. especially this opening scene of him walking uh, the couple blocks that he had to walk. It's 
it, it kind of gives us, okay, we saw him with the accident, we saw him with his family, and then it kind of gives us a little bit more of how he is, who he is, and what's going on with him now without ever saying anything. I also feel you like how, that in, that opening shot gives you time to process what you just, you're, you're literally dealing with the tragedy he just did, and now you're processing sure. it as he's walking through this kind of world of people, you know, just trying to make his way through there, dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's it's to me that type of shot is so much more effective than like how they do like the credit intros in mm-hmm. in, in modern horror where it's kind of like all just chopped up and real quick and they're just showing most of the time stuff that has to do with the film, but it's nothing like this where it's a a, a continued shot where it, it like I said it sucks you in and it puts me in that setting more than than that does because today everybody's so like their attention spans aren't there. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And they they expect quick, 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 cuts, cut, cut, cut. And yeah. I feel like that's a lot of younger people than us don't appreciate these older horror movies because of that, because they, they're they not in your face. They're not gore porn. They're not yeah. – there's no sex. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's effective. <clears throat> However, I don't think the majority of society today is able to – I don't know if it's understandable process it. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it, dude. I really did think there was a, again, it wasn't like horrific. It wasn't jump scary, but the stuff you saw was like, wow, I could, I could see the impact of the horror back then even, you know what I mean? Like stuff like the ball, that ball coming down the stairs, you know what I'm saying? And he Mm -hmm. gets it. And the next thing we know, we see him, he had driven it out and takes it to the bridge and throws it off the water, comes back. That shit comes down the stairs again immediately. And just the way he just kind of falls back against the door, you know, like it stuns him. Um, Stuff like that. Like, again, it's not this, it doesn't really make you jump or, or it's not that kind of like, like, um, like impending terror kind of feel for me, but it is this kind of like, oh, that's creepy. Like if I was in that, his position right now, I'd be like you know, like jelly legged right now, like, holy shit, what's going on? You know what I mean? And that's how I feel when I was watching it, like in that kind of a mindset, like, oh man, that's messed up. Yeah. Especially with the ball, man. Like I just dropped it off the bridge, you know, it's here again. Like I said, no man, absolutely not. (laughs) You'd have just been checking out of the place. You're like, never mind. I'm good. But let me ask you this, ready? Who rents a house from the historical society <laughs> again a composer bro a, a dude that's that can flaunt his power maybe maybe that's something that they did in the 80s when they needed to rent a house but maybe dude i don't, know, I, don't man. I, I really don't know i gotta be honest but tell me you would not be living or renting uh yeah living in a place that like is like that As being a creative person that would love to have that that kind of energy soak into the juices of your creativity and your stories right like of course you're going to choose that place you're not just getting a modern apartment sitting in in Seattle you know what i mean oh yeah no absolutely i'd be living in a house like that without a doubt <laughs> i don't care how haunted it is i'll find a way to make it work but yeah but yeah i, I don't know i've never heard anybody going to do that uh, historical society. <laughs> Maybe I should try it. Maybe I should see what they ha- uh, they they have around. Yeah, there. right. See if uh, the Roosevelt House is is got a room for. Yeah, it. right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what else, dude? So what else was in there where you were just like, ah, I don't know about this. I would have I would have done something uh, different. Again, like I said, I, and and you you've kind of changed my mind a little bit on it because of the things you've said of how 
how you saw him looking at this situation. I, I felt like he hung around the house way too long. Like, okay, if this is happening, that's happening, that's happening. I'm not sticking around. But like you said, it wasn't being violent towards him. Yeah. And if, he, if he's coming at it from like an intrigued, uh, uh, like what is this? What's going on? Kind of mindset. Then mm-hmm. I, I I totally get it. And, and it I think completely negates my comment. No, and I think I th- well no, your comment still is valid, dude. But I think yeah. that I think for me there was um the reason I saw it that way is because I really kind of latched on at the beginning of this film and throughout to the the whole thing with grief and the idea that this guy is dealing. I mean, that's a massive amount of grief. That's psychological trauma to see your wife and child literally obliterated right before your eyes and you can't do a thing about it. And it probably replays in your mind all the time so that when something like this happens, instead of having the effect in which most people would respond with fear, it becomes this thing that he becomes obsessed with in this kind of like, intriguing way uh even though there are horrific things things that stun him things that throw him off i feel like it becomes more of a distraction so he doesn't have to deal with a lot of the grief he's dealing with um so that's why i think he was reacting that you know had that kind of he didn't have a a fearful reaction at least that's the way i took it um but dude it was i think you know for me it was very effective a lot of those kinds of uh you know his reactions to those things like like that stunned reaction falling back instead of just like a like a huh or or a question mark you know all of the different things um how about the like when he started playing he composed that song recorded the whole thing then he finds the box and it plays the entire thing tell me that's not a great gimmick dude when they did that i was like wow that's really cool i like that yeah, and then the, the the scene, I think it was the scene that you already mentioned where he was crying in the bed and then the banging starts, yeah. right? And he comes out and he goes comes over to the railing and then it cuts and it's panning across the room and you got the upstairs landing and there's something there as they're panning over to it. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and then he gets there and it's just him. It's yeah. him standing there. And I was like, wow, man, that was a really, really, really effective shot to try and uh, 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 pull up and establish like something being there, but it's really not messing with your mind because you think there's something there, but it's just, yeah. Just and him. now, and now because things are already tense when you're panning and you're waiting for something and then you yeah. think it's there. Now your, your nerves are on this other level. Now and you're like, Oh God, now what? Right. And it, it, yeah. it, it really works for that kind of a thing. Um, I th- there was one thing, you know what? I got to tell you the first time when I was watching this, I did not see this going the way it did like i didn't see like i just i don't know i expected a lot of stuff to happen with the house and stuff but then all of a sudden it became this other house where this girl couldn't sleep in her bedroom anymore right and because she saw this kid crawling up out of the ground like the way the and that's again these long holding shots there's a shot where it's just kind of held on the mother's face as she's telling the story of how her girl can't be in this room because she sees this kid crawling from the middle of her floor. But the way she's telling it, she's got kind of like this cock to her head, this kind of like, like, I don't even know. It's almost like a shell-shocked, dazed way of telling the story. Like, she can't believe the way she's telling this story uh, to them. And so they, she's, and he's like, can I go see it? And she just points to the middle of the room. You know what I mean? And later yeah. we find out they cut it open, and there's the the bones in that locket. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Let me let me let me ask you this. Ready? I wish I would have been in the room when the cops showed up. Because remember, they called the cops. Cause yeah. The I wish I would have been in the room when the cops looked at him and said, "What the fuck were you doing digging in this lady's base uh, uh, bedroom?" 
I want to yeah. know what the hell their answer was to that because because the, the wait didn't doesn't he say how no he says something like how did you know didn't he say that and he's something he says something like um I don't know or, or I don't I don't remember what it was he says but it's so flippant that you're right like for, as a cop I'd be like no let, yeah. let, we need to have a talk how do you <laughs> yeah. know there are bones under this floor my friend you how know do you know I mean? that there's a well with buried bones in it yeah. under this floor exactly yeah, yeah. that's that is a, a scene that you could probably say oh come on guys unless back then yeah. in the 80s seattle cops were like chill they're like hey I, there's a new there's a new know. coffee place starting up it's called starbucks we're gonna go get a a cup uh <laughs> Yeah, no, dude. It, it's, um, I didn't see it kind of going there, but it was cool because it kind of, you know, it becomes this thing of it's it's not it's a murder mystery. It's a ghost mm-hmm. story. Um, and then we find out the reasoning behind it. And and uh, I just thought that was kind of that. kind of, Again, that speaks to for me. It wasn't he didn't care what happens with the info. He figured it out and he went and told the guy what was up. Right. And that, again, it was more about the distraction for me. It wasn't even that he cared that he wanted to make sure everything got word out, worked out. It wasn't that, you know, he was scared and was trying to figure it out. He just needed a distraction from his grief. But, yeah, dude, how about the the reaction there when he meets the guy and he's just kind of like, this is everything that's happened. The guy's getting all pissed off and he's like, I don't care. Peace out. Do what you want with it. This is the last <laughs> well, copy of point, everything. <laughs> at that point, he was done. He knew everything that, that happened. And I think... To me, he I, I feel like he just kind of wanted it to be done and yeah. be over with. And like, all right, you know what? This this spirit came to me to try and help uh, tell its story and, and tell what happened. And, and I did it and I did my job. And okay, here it is. Do with it what you want. And by yeah. then, by then, he's gone through this kind of journey where at the beginning, you know, he was breaking down thinking about his wife and daughter. And throughout the film, he's able to talk about them without it really emotionally affecting him as much. So by now, it's kind of like it's, it's, he's gone through that process. He's done. He's cleaned it up. Here's the bow on the package. Let's move on now. Yeah. Yeah. It's like him and the spirit shared in each other's grief, like the spirit of a dying young, but then never being known. Yeah. You know, and yeah. having to live all those years with that and then him sharing his grief with the, about the death of his child and his wife. You know exactly. What I mean? Not exactly. that he really seemed to focus on the death of his wife too much, more so the death of his daughter. But, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, but my daughter, my yeah. daughter. Oh, man. Um, yeah, dude. I, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, even the, on the when I watched it again, I was just like, you know, this is actually a really, really solid film. I could see why they brought it up on the documentary because it's it is it's super solid. The acting is on point, man. Mm-hmm. Everybody in this film, uh, especially George C. Scott, man, just just amazing uh, performances. Um, you know, I love. Well, he the, was uh, he was married to uh, Trish Vanderveer. Oh really? They were married. At the time. Yeah, this was I think their I think it's their eighth film. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah. Um I like the score. The music is is perfect. Mm-hmm. Again, it, it fits, you know, the era and it fits this it fits the the whole mood of the film. You know, it's like it's like another flavor that kind of makes yeah. the, the the dish of what this film is. It it, just, it, well, it works well. And that's what they say, you know, uh, films with a really, really, really good score, that score comes and becomes its own character with the film. And oh, I yeah. feel like a film, a film like this, where you're going to have those long drawn out shots like that, the score is key yes. because it's not going to work without a good score. Right. Bad you know? score or silence. You're losing, you're losing people yeah, for yeah. real, but the score because really that, carries yeah. you through that scene, the entire scene. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, dude. I, th- I thought a lot of the writing was good too, man. I really liked the story. I liked the, yeah. the idea of this. You know what it, it kind of reminded me of um, is uh, you ever see Stir of Echoes? I know the title. I don't think I've ever seen it. It kind of reminds me of like that kind of a movie, that that kind of uh, a mystery, what's going on kind of a movie. Um, yeah, it, it was uh, – It's. I thought it was really a, a pretty decent film. I, I A strong, strong film. Definitely could see why it's right there in that in that list. Um, what what else, dude? What you got? Anything else you want to say on it? Uh, what else do I got here? Oh, there was this scene where uh, he had just gotten there, and they were at the uh, the symphony, right, watching the yeah. symphony play. And the walls behind the symphony were all white, except for the red curtains hanging down. And oh, that yeah. shot was so cool to me Very because nice. it looked like blood. Looked like blood coming down the walls. Nice, you know. I love that, that, dude. I love uh, when when you know filmmakers do things like that v- to visually really kind of put across a feel, or like you said, you get this impression by seeing you know how that how that looks. It leaves that impression on you. I love that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll get into that more when we get to the shining. Oh, that's chalk. But that's what this kind of reminds me of. Like when I say it's the horror films of those that era, right, of the time, it's that kind of a feel. Like that Shining has the kind of feel that's just kind of this broad kind of movie that there's a lot happening, multi-layered, you know what I mean? Oh, Um, yeah. Yeah, dude. It's it's awesome. That was a good scene. I like that scene a lot. Yeah, for sure. And from what I read and what I saw – as of July of this past year, Uh-oh. 2020, there is a reboot in production. In oh, development. no, really? Yeah. Yeah. I fucking They're going to update it with all the quick shots and the, yeah, with the, like, uh, you know, updated music. They're going to have like Post Malone do one of the <laughs> theme songs for the album. And then the trailer is going to have a 90s song, but really slowed down and done all creepy like all the new trailers do now. You know what I mean? Yep. A song that yep. like is, is it's going to be like, uh, what's that song? Uh, I don't know. Two princes. You know what I mean? Or, uh, Spin uh I got five on it. Yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, us. Yeah. Yeah. But it's yeah. going to be a, uh, it's going to be a, a YouTuber. <sighs> I hope not, man. I hope yeah. they don't mess with it. I, if they do it, I hope it's somebody who's going to, um, take the, the original material and just kind of, you know, make it, make it up to date, but, but keep the essence of it, do what it needs to be like, do have that, have the courage to create something like that nowadays. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's this, there's this phrase that, that they use, give me the same thing, but different. Exactly. Exactly. Those, keep those notes, but compose them in different order. Exactly. Man, That's I hope I not. Yeah. Uh, um, you know what I was reading when I was reading up on this as well because I was looking at some stuff. So oh. apparently uh, the story for this came – so you, we said this at the beginning that the guy who wrote this said that this really did happen to him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but I the, saw that. He said the whole thing, like everything, the whole thing about even finding the the body with the locket, the whole thing. Really? I didn't know it was that much. I thought it was like, so, oh, I stayed in this giant house and there was a ghost. So here's and- the here's the production note. on. Uh, this is according to Wikipedia. Um, the film's screenplay was inspired by mysterious events that allegedly took place at the Henry Treat Rogers Mansion in Cheeseman Park, Denver, Colorado. 
while playwright Russell Hunter was living there during the 1960s. After experiencing a series of unexplained phenomena, Hunter said he found a century-old journal in a hidden room detailing the life of a disabled boy who was kept in isolation by his parents. During a seance, he claimed the spirit of a deceased boy directed him to another house where he discovered human remains and a gold medallion bearing the dead boy's name. Henry Treat Rogers, a wealthy Denver attorney, was childless, but prior inhabitants of the house remained undocumented. The mansion was demolished during the 1980s and replaced with a high-rise apartment building. So he's like literally claiming that the whole thing happened. (laughs) Even the part where uh, the kid was replaced by another kid who would grow up to be a... (laughs) I don't know about all that, but dude, I would totally... I, I mean, I could totally see if it was a Stephen King type thing where he just experienced paranormal phenomena and decided to write yeah. a book, you know, inspired by. But this dude's just literally like, oh, yeah. And then I went to this. The ghost told me to go to this dude's house and I found remains there and I found the locket with the with the name. That's wild. I didn't know it was that much. That's wild. <laughs> Does that That's make you wild. see the film different I wonder, now? No, no. But I wonder if we can find a news article about that. Oh, it'd be, it'd be interesting because what did he yeah. just did, did he experience that whole thing and like no one knew like the police weren't called. That's like, what I'm saying. The, like the news didn't know about it. would be so weird it. if there was not some sort of. I mean, maybe we can find it now, but there had to have been at the time some sort of news article. Oh, well found in woman's bedroom with child's remains and like um, something. Let's, you know? let's see. So, actually, wow, this is interesting. Well, maybe uh, this is the history.denverlibrary.org. A Denver house that inspired a horror film. Um, I'm going to read this later because this is very long, but I can tell you immediately here that they say uh, this is in quote. This is literally what they write. Hunter claimed that beginning. So the second they say that he claimed it just because the library has an article about it, they're just basically printing an article about the claims of this guy and why the house was uh, famous and not actual. All right. I'm going to make that a goal. I'm going to start. I'm going to make a note here to look for the changeling article. (laughs) It's got to be something, man. Like somebody's got to have to be something dude. Like that's just to know that that part of the movie is real. That's just way too far and out there to not have (laughs) something on it. Someplace. I agree. You know, but damn, um, what would you do? What would you do if you started remodeling your ground floor bedroom and ripped up the floor, pulled up the floorboards, and there was a well in there? All covered over? Well. Yeah. Yeah, Dude, like first, the ring. First of all, yeah, I'd be fucking like, hell no, we're moving out immediately. Because I know anytime <laughs> a house is built over a well, it's no good, dude. It is no good. Amityville Horror, the ring. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, you don't need to mess with wells. And if they're covered, they're covered for a reason. Leave them. Leave it covered. Uh, yes. But if I found an uncovered well and then at the bottom I could see bones, I don't know what I'd do, dude. I would be freaked out just to know that I lived at this house that long every and day walking over that. Over this. Playing on the yeah. ground with the dogs rolling around all <laughs> over that area. Like, oh, God, it just gives me the creeps right now thinking about it. No way. You're man. having all that fun. You're having all that fun over this uh, dead body. This lost soul never, yeah. never been laid to rest. Yep. Oh, no, dude. What about you? Are you just like, yeah. oh, let's just get it out of here or is that going to creep you out? No, I'm I'm gone. I'm moving. I, <laughs> I'm moving. I, I've I've read enough. I've seen enough. I'm not. Yeah, 
No thanks. It's not sticking around. No thanks. Um, all right, dude. What do you want to? Let's rate this film. Let's rate this uh, on out of uh, empty wheelchairs. wheelchairs at the top of uh, <laughs> stairs. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, what you got? Um, dude, like I said, for me, it's a very solid film. All the things I said already, uh, it's definitely because, and I remember thinking after I watched it in October that for next, this coming year's October fest, uh, horror fest, it's in the rotation. I really enjoyed it. It's definitely something I'd watch again. Um, even though I know it, I just, I don't know. There's something about the way this film is made and, and you know how sometimes you have a movie that you like so much, there's a comfort in it. Like it's just to watch it over and over is a comfort. It's not like it's the greatest film. It's there's, this is one of those for some reason, for some reason, I feel like I can put this on. I can finish right now, go downstairs and put it on and I'm good. I'm good with having it on watching it. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's something about the film. I really liked it. I liked the feel of it, the aesthetic. I liked the acting, the story. Um, yeah, dude, I'm giving for me. I, I again, I, I definitely see why it's on the documentary. So I'm going to give it. Um, it's a it's a four point seven five wheelchairs really? for wow, me. Okay. Yeah, four point okay. seven five wheelchairs. Okay, I dig it. I dig it. I gotta go with. Um, I'll probably say like three point nine five. Uh, yeah. Just because, like you said, it's one that that I I am going to revisit, especially after hearing everything that you've said and how and watch it from that angle. But it 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 is effective in exactly what it tries to do. It doesn't try to be something it's not. It it hits the notes it needs to ho- hit, and it hits them in in in. I don't want to say it cliche, but not cliche ways. Yeah, you know what I, I gotcha. mean. Yeah, like it hits those those haunted house notes, but without being cliche. Like the ball, and, like the ball went off the bridge, but then it came back down the stairs, yeah, kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but like I said, it all works. It works. It works perfectly. Um, again, I have my little issues that might change if I watch it again. But overall, it was it was a solid movie, especially for 1980. It was a solid film, and it it, it really stuck to and hit what horror films of that time and a little before it were doing, and and how they were done. You know what I mean? Yep. So, exactly. Yeah, three point cool. three point nine five, I think. Very nice. Very nice. Sweet, dude. Um, that's the changeling. What's up next on our 1980 horror fest list? You ready? Yeah. What next, is it? Uh, let me double check. Yeah. I am pretty sure, though, that it is. Oh, really? Yes. That'll be interesting. Sean Cunningham's 1980 classic of Friday the 13th. It is, huh? Yep. Friday the 13th. Cannot wait. The original Friday the 13th. This is going to be a fun conversation. I don't think I've ever... You know what, dude? There's a lot of stuff that like there's because you know like when you 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 know you went to the movies with your friends. We've been to the movies together and stuff. Like there's a lot of movies we've talked about, but there's a lot of movies we've never talked about. And I don't think I've ever with any of my friends really sat down and talked about or dissected Friday the 13th. And you know what? I've never seen this movie all the way through. <laughs> this is going to be good. This is going to be good. Uh, all right, horror fans. Thanks so much for listening to us. Once again, we appreciate it. Uh, make sure you head over to the website, BICBP-radio.com and check out a lot of the other shows we have on the network. Um, I love doing this, dude. I love talking movies. I love talking 80s horror. I can't wait for the next one. Uh, is there anything you want to say before we head out? Uh, stay safe out there. The world's crazy. Still crazy. I don't know how much for, for how much longer, but stay safe. Stay safe. 
Uh, again, thanks so much for listening, guys. We appreciate it. Until next time, keep your eye on the shadows.